The right ABA therapy is crucial to helping those on the autism spectrum understand and interact with the world around them. If you haven't started ABA therapy, or even if you have, we want to share with you three important things you should know. Welcome to this episode of My Spectrum Life. My name is Jessica and I am an autism mom. With me is my co-host, Kelsey, a registered behavior therapist. How are you doing, Kelsey? I'm doing very good. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm doing good. It's been a, it's been a Monday, hasn't it? It has. <laughs> it has. Well, even though it's Monday, we're going to dive right into some information that we um, want to give you today about ABA therapy. Um well, the first thing, well, first, bleh, sorry, um, <laughs> let me get from back Justin here. Um, we kind of started a new format. We're trying something a little different. Hopefully you guys like that. Um, give us a thumbs up. Um, let us know what you think about it so far. Um, but we want to start with three things you should know before you begin ABA therapy, or maybe even if you're in that journey of ABA therapy. Um, and we're going to give it to you from these three uh points from both an autism mom's perspective and Kelsey will give you a therapist's perspective because it's important to know both sides of the coin so you can understand and know how good ABA therapy is going to work. And let me mention too that uh, these, we're only talking about good ABA therapy and companies that are following the ethical guidelines. Um, that is so important that they follow ethical guidelines. But then again, we should probably define ABA therapy, shouldn't we, Kelsey? (laughs) You're right. Um, ABA therapy is a method of therapy that changes or improves a specific behavior, meaning it's measurable. You can Mm -hmm. add a data to it, um, like a goal, um, and it's scientifically proven. So it means you're talking about behaviors that you can see. That's academics, right. gross motor, uh, social mm-hmm. skills, and all the thing that follows underneath that umbrella. Yeah, it's you'd be surprised um, what kind of different therapies that, um, or if you know some of the things that you can see that you're you just got to be open and talk to your BCBA um, or your therapist about because there's a lot of things that you guys are trying to do that can help us in ways that we as parents didn't even think about it. Um, sometimes that the uh, going to school a little extra is is helpful. Um, But also, you know, we do, and therapists rely on us as moms to tell you guys if something, if we see something that's not quite right, because we do know our kids best. Exactly. So one of the first things, the first thing that we want to tell you, talk about is pairing. Right. um, Which is so very important at the beginning. Um, Yeah, I guess that's our term for the day, huh? (laughs) It is our term. So most important thing um, for number one is pairing. Um, Mm -hmm. Pairing is the process where you establish yourself as a reinforcer to build a positive relationship with your client. Um, Meaning if you don't have 
any kind of positive relationship or like mm-hmm. you guys don't gel for a better lack of terms if you don't gel yeah I, no, doesn't I matter what demands you place on that child it ain't gonna work <laughs> no that is so right that is so right um the yeah it is it is so the pairing now the pairing process can take a while but you as a parent will see mm-hmm. um how it works and you'll see if it's good or not and how things are working out um i know that it um for me on the outside looking in for uh when i was looking for the therapy that was happening in our house for curtis if he I mean, of course, there's going to be bad days. That's a right. given. Right. Um, I know that there was some issues for Curtis. We had some really bad days when he was getting bullied at school. And he didn't necessarily want to tell us about that. Right. And so then when he got home, we'd have these huge meltdowns. And it would just be crazy. And he'd be like, what is going on? And some days they were just tough. So we throw those days out. But like on a regular basis, if it doesn't seem like they're working well together, if there's always conflict, right? Um, that kind of is a sign of not so good pairing. <laughs> yes. Um, and and the one thing that I could tell too was that um, Curtis would tell me if he liked um, a therapist or not. Some days he would say, "I don't want that person to come back again," or you know things like that. Keep those. I mean, sometimes you got to take that with a grain of salt, but sometimes that stuff is true. It is because, you know, a child has a right to have a voice in his um, therapy or Mm -hmm. his or her therapy. I know as a therapist, when I'd pair, you would feel if you connect with the child or not. Yeah. Developing that connection is important. Um, Mm -hmm. There there's been times where I asked to be removed from a case because I knew this is not going the way I need it to go. And before we set back any of their therapies or whatever this person has gained, Mm -hmm. let me remove me from the equation because it's not working. And sometimes it doesn't. And that's okay. It's totally (laughs) okay. okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, and and one of the times we, the daddy even showed that the pairing was not going right. I mean, Curtis would have really bad days um, and then good days and then bad days and good days. And it took us a while, but we finally figured out and it just, you know, it's okay. Um, so, uh, let us know in the comments, um, let us know if you have already had ABA therapy, what has been one of the qualities of your therapist that you have valued the most? Um, and if you haven't had ABA therapy yet, what's one of the qualities you're hoping for the therapist may have? I know one of the things that really helped us, um, and I think one of the reasons that, uh, Curtis paired so well with you is that he just felt more comfortable with you and you listened to him and he really, really valued having somebody listen to him. Um, but you were also able to cut him off when the perseverations got too much. <laughs> I just loved who he is. I just knew that he had a voice and I mm-hmm. wanted his voice to be, cause I want him to be his own advocate. Mm-hmm. That was my, always my goal for him. Uh, and he's, he's actually doing, you know, really good and, and, you know, has flat out told us sometimes, Hey, I need this and this and this, this is what I need mom. And so, okay. He's telling me, <laughs> I mean, that's awesome when he tells me that. Exactly. <laughs> oh goodness. The second one point is actually kind of one of the things that as parents can be tough. Um, 
they, you have the right to say no. Um, if you have concerns about your, uh, lying therapists, voice them to your BCBA, the person who is, um, putting that, the program together and let them know that there's some issues. If you don't, how are they going to know? Right. Uh, um, and I know that one of the things that held me back at first in my previous, in any of my pastimes with their, with therapy, there is a shortage on ABA therapists. It seems um, and it's really hard to get a good therapist or to get therapy in the first place. Right. But regardless, if you don't have good therapy, it's, it's more damaging, I would say, wouldn't you say? It would, because then the next time you actually have somebody come in and they are actually a really good company and or they find the one that they pair, mm-hmm. the kid's going to be aversive to it. It's yeah. like, I have negatively paired with this. I don't why am I going through this again? Just for, to me, it's going to fail as a kid because, yeah. you know, so it's always better to wait. So you don't have to undo things or redo mm-hmm. things when somebody else comes in. And this, and this actually is something that doesn't apply only to ABA therapy. I remember that, um, there was a time when my son was having some difficulties with, uh, speech, Mm -hmm. Um, because he had pragmatic speech and he just was not doing really well with, um, how things were going in his speech group. And I mean, it was, he was having meltdowns. He did not want to go. And we finally had to step back and give him a couple of weeks off and look at how things were going. And it finally got to a point where we just said, okay, we're done. And, um, we actually came out of, of that particular, uh, speech provider and found a new one. Um, and it's totally, you're right. Just as you have the right to find a different doctor, mm-hmm. um, same thing goes for therapy. It is. I mean, therapy in itself is a treatment. So if you don't agree mm-hmm. with the treatment or who is implying with the treatment, you have the right to say, no, this is not a good fit. Yeah. It may take some time to get a good one, but Hey, when you get a good one, you know, and it's, it's, it's amazing how the child can, you know, you see your kid just grow right? and, uh, just, you know, they flourish. Um, so, and I'm going to say as, I mean, if you have, like, I am privileged to have ABA therapy in the home because, um, my child is older, mm-hmm. um, so one thing, autism parents, I know it's tough out there, and, but let's try to keep, keep our houses a little bit clean so it's not, you know, totally trashed. I mean, I've heard horror stories of how you guys make therapists have had to go into places where there was the dog had pooped and nobody had done anything about it. There was, you know, all sorts of trash all over. That was not at my house. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually never walked any of those kind of um, situations. Houses. No, because therapists have a right to say no too. Yeah. Um, BCBAs contact us and say, hey, I think you'd be a good fit for this team. If mm-hmm. you say yes, this is what's going on. And they, they kind of give us without violating any kind of HIPAA. They'll kind mm-hmm. of tell us a little bit about the family and the dynamics right. of the family. Mm-hmm. Do you think you could see it because the therapist knows their own red flags and their own right. personal battles. Mm-hmm. And 
you have a right to say no because sometimes families might just they don't mean to it's just not a good fix and they go right it's kind of hitting one of your red flags like this is not a good fit for me so you have a right Mm -hmm. to say therapist has a right to say no no as well yeah Mm -hmm. i mean you know i mean we all know when we find a doctor that's going to listen to us and help us in our journey to wellness um same thing goes with therapy and, you know, kind of sometimes it's, it's the same way in, uh, our friends. We don't hang around with people that rub us the wrong way. Right. So, um, and you gotta be on the same page when you're trying to help your child understand the world around them. Because I mean, I've defined it before to me, it seems almost like, you know, Curtis is in the, in his world and he's landed on an alien planet. You know, we don't even speak the way he thinks we should speak. Um, You know, the movie um, Home, where O would, you know, it was like he was speaking backwards almost. Can I come into the out now? Um, (laughs) That was, Curtis totally understood that from the get-go, you know, or or what I would call Yoda speak. Because sometimes he would turn things around a little bit. Um, And, you know, pragmatic uh, therapy helped him with that. But, you know, it's hard for them to understand. So, um, so I, here's another question for you guys. Um, If your child has started ABA therapy, let us know in the comments, if you've had to voice some concerns about something sometime. um, And if you haven't had ABA therapy, what are some things that you are concerned about that um, you're not quite sure what may or may not happen or what you might be able to do? Let us know in the comments or send us an email and we'd be happy to you know, help you any way we can with that. But um, that would be amazing if you drop us a comment and let you know, let us know um, your concerns about ABA therapy. Um, and I guess our last one that we have that is kind of important Um is the treatment plan. Correct. Um, you got to understand that treatment plan. Um, the so first thing. treatment plan though, yeah. a treatment plan is the, after the kid has already been observed mm-hmm. and they do the VB map testing, they right. pull goes from the VB map and put it in a formal document for the parents and you to go over. That is what the mm-hmm. treatment plan is. It's what you're agreeing to see as therapy to what behaviors you're going to improve. Right. And it, I've seen some of those and they, they sometimes they're a little wordy and almost kind of difficult to understand because it is in that medical jargonese kind of thing going on. Correct. Because it will also be sent to the insurance company to be approved. Correct. So sometimes it can be a little overwhelming because it is, it can be a very large document. Um, (laughs) They're not fun to write. (laughs) And they're kind of confusing sometimes to read too, but I do love graphs. (laughs) Graphs make it so much easier. Um, if you can see graphs, it kind of shows you how they've progressed or maybe if they haven't done so well on something and where they need to go. And it gives you an idea of how and things you need to work on. Um, so that is amazing to have graphs in those plans. Um, and I, for one, I'm a binder queen. I'm just going to admit it. I have a problem. I love binders (laughs) and I organize everything in binders. I saw my classroom is nothing but binders. But it has saved my bacon more than once. <laughs> I know. I can right. tell you that. Um, <laughs> everything 
that you get from any of your providers, put it in a binder, your treatment plan, your um, follow-ups, any of that kind of documentation, put it in a binder so you have it and you can refer back to it. Say, hey, you know, are we working on this? Or, you know, because sometimes um, I remembered sometimes something would come up and we'd have to put a couple of goals on hold. Right. Um, is that something that you've had to deal with quite frequently? Um, when, sometimes depending mm-hmm. on what we were working on and we realize the kid's not quite there or there's a step that we miss that we have to go mm-hmm. back and actually teach explicitly teach that step. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you do put them on hold and then you recreate. So your treatment plan is constantly changing yes. based on your kid. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's always good to understand it before it's sent off. And, you know, part of it, if I'm not mistaken, you have to sign that as a parent Correct. and agree to it for the insurance company before you can go into anything. Correct. Correct? Mm-hmm. Each month. Um, there's a new one that you submit each month. Okay. So yes, that's why you have to sign a lot of paperwork. <laughs> um, just get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have a lot of binders, Um, but at least, I mean, for me, it's been so helpful to be able to look back and find all that information that I need to give to my providers. Right. Um, And they've been very appreciative to have that information. Is some of that background information um, helpful for you as a therapist? It is um, because mm-hmm. you can see some of their triggers. You can figure out way which way to say certain things and how to connect and phrase certain things so you could still get the goal mm-hmm. uh, met without setting them off ethically. Like So you're still remaining ethical um, mm-hmm. with changing some of that behavior. So yeah. I find the background information very helpful. <laughs> very yeah, helpful. yeah. And it's, I mean... Even so far as to, did they actually sleep the night before? It <laughs> is, exactly. Because there's been times where I'm like, hey, do you mind if we just have a pairing day? We just have fun today because <laughs> he's tired and I'm not going to push him the wrong yeah. way today. Yeah, or I've sometimes, you know, in the car rider line, Curtis would actually tell us if something was really bad and we kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, we kind of look at each other and go, mm, yeah, easy. Yeah. Okay. Easy day. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Because you can, I mean, even if they don't give you, even if they're nonverbal, you can, you, you can learn tell. to, f- yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even if they, I mean, I know the PC, what is it? What are the boards called? The picture? Peck boards? Yes. Yes. Choice boards, peck boards, choice boards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those can be so helpful in, in learning what your kid is wanting. Uh, and I know that even without that, in the beginning that it, it can be tough to figure it out, but you know, you just know know after, you know, being with them for a certain amount of time. So, um, and so it, it is important to know that, you know, the treatment plan, give them some background information, um, and don't be afraid to ask about the goals. Right. Um, I know that sometimes it's kind of seemed that some goals can be crazy, and but then, you know, if, if a parent were to ask you, okay, why are we doing this? Um, how would you answer? Um, it depends on the behavior, but normally I'd be like, this is our goal. So normally I restate the goal 
but in a different way. So I explain it without the jargon. Okay, this is our purpose. Do you still agree with this purpose that we are both agreeing to to help your child? Mm-hmm. Then explain to them the reason why we do this way is for the validity and the fidelity of the measurement of the goal because everything goes back to that measurement of that goal and just explain right. it. I explain it that way to parents. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes you can find a way to connect with the parent as well. And they'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh, Hey, BCBA, um, something's not right. The wording's not right. Something's not right. She actually meant this and you can actually go back and fix it. So talking not only to BCBA, but the one who works every day with your child. Yeah. Cause we're supposed to, as RBT supposed to report back to our BCBAs as well. Right, right. We're like now, the in-betweens? I forget yeah. that word. <laughs> the go-between, yes, yes, so yes. true. Now, have you ever found that um, the method that you're using to help a child has needs to change? Or like the way you go about working with something? I have. Um, mm-hmm. If it's... There's sometimes there's gray areas, um, depending on which team you work with and who your BCBA Mm -hmm. is. Um, But if there's gray areas, I'm the one who knows to go find a way like the back door in. So I'm still Mm -hmm. following the treatment plan, but helping the child at the same time, like merging that gray area between the actual written goal and who the person is. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are times where I'm like, this is not working data showing is not working. So I wait until the data shows. Normally you want about two to three weeks of data to show this is not working. This has been put in place the exact same way every day and it's still not working. So I will contact my BCBA and be like, Hey, can we talk about this? What are your ideas about this? Can you teach me why? And sometimes I'll ask them, can you teach me why you're doing it this way, even though we're having these issues? Why? Mm -hmm. And it's not more like I'm questioning their authority. I'm just questioning the the understanding Mm -hmm. of the why. And sometimes I'm able to report that back to the parent to help the parent. And then sometimes we can tell the kid that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I have... I know that sometimes we've had to wait a couple of weeks on things. And, and one of the things that you get that is always that I know that is so hard for us as parents to take is it's going to get worse before it gets better. And that is so true. It's hard on therapists too, because mm-hmm. you, you develop a soft spot for these kids. And then <laughs> and I'm like, no, stop. <laughs> it's sometimes not the one it's, who's implementing this. Stop. Yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> it feels like you're banging your head against a brick wall sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I know that's, that happens for me as a parent and for you as a therapist. It does. Yeah. Yeah. There are those days. And I know that there has been some times we've had to, okay, backpedal a little bit and say, okay, this is not working the method. So we have to, um, yeah, it was more of, you know, trying to get, I I think there was some times that we had to try to give a little bit of choice Mm -hmm. so that Curtis could choose or something, you know, and do we want to do this first or this first give two choices and then, but right. we still have to do this. So, you know, kind of a thing. And it was always helpful, you know, eventually you're giving him the power you're giving him yeah. his voice back is not just me getting told what to do 24 mm-hmm. seven. Yeah. And sometimes that does help him. Um, <laughs> so, um, well, I hope that you have, um, these three points have helped you. Um, let's see. Let's go back over them again. So first, make sure you have a good pairing situation. Correct. Um, that for both a the therapist and for your child. 
Mm. Um, and, and there's two sides to it. So everybody gets to, you know, do what's right and what is going to be beneficial for the child. Correct. Um, both parents and therapists have the right to say no, and that's okay. You know, if you have to wait for some more time to get the right therapist, it's better to wait. And if you as a therapist don't feel comfortable, by all means, you know, say no. <laughs> Nobody right. should be in. It's it's really hard to be in a therapy situation where things are not going right. Right. For, exactly. On both sides. Yep. Um, and then the third one is understand your treatment plan. Make sure you understand that and have a copy of it in your binder. Uh, speaking of binders. Have you started a binder with all the documents for your child? And have you ever had difficulty understanding the treatment plan? Right here, yes, I have. As a parent, it's taken a few times to get somebody to understand, you know, to tell me why we're going to do this. Because sometimes some of the ways that the therapy goes, it doesn't make sense. Right. But it works. Somehow it'll work. So uh, let us know, um, have you started your binder? And if you ever had difficulty understanding your treatment plan for your child, Sorry. Uh, so I hope that's been helpful for you tonight. Bless you. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. It's that it, we're winding into that fall allergy season. <laughs> so it, it gets to us sometimes. So, well, uh, we want to make sure that you have subscribed to the YouTube channel or that you are following um, any one of our social media outlets as we're going to start something new this week. You want to tell them about that, Kelsey? Um, uh, we're going to be having follow-up videos on Wednesday and Friday. So please make sure to come and check out the videos, comment um, any questions that you have about the videos so that we know mm -hmm. that you've seen them and we can always reply back to you. Um, yes. You can also... Find us on Facebook.com backslash my spectrum life, Instagram backslash my spectrum life, and Twitter.com backslash my spectrum life one. And um, always remember that if you have any questions about autism in general, um, or there's something that you're struggling with um, as an autism parent, or you have a topic idea, uh, something you'd like us to talk us talk about please please reach out to us and send us an email at info at myspectrumlife.com and we will be sure and reply to you and do what we can to help you out with that situation uh, so we hope to see you again soon in our new other videos um, and we can't wait to be able to answer your comments and your questions um, but always remember no matter what, with a lot of faith, love, and fidget toys. Yes, I've got fidget toys, fidget toys. <laughs> We're going to make it. Bye now.